Support for this podcast comes from San Francisco International Airport. At SFO, you can discover award-winning flavors and unique shops all before takeoff. Learn more about what's at SFO at flysfo.com. Hey, it's Avery Truffleman, host of Articles of Interest. And I've got to say, I've been a fan of KQED ever since I was a little kid, and I would come out to San Francisco to visit my grandma. It was just What we'd always turn on every time we got in the car, every time we were making dinner and turning on the radio, was always KQED. And then over the years, I've become a massive fan of KQED podcasts because this is local reporting at its best. These are answers to questions you've always wanted to know, interviews with exciting, unusual voices, necessary journalism, all told with love and care and artistry. And did you know that a majority of KQED's funding actually comes from members? It's just people like you and me supporting the programs they love while also getting access to cool events, behind-the-scenes footage, and so much more. If you want to sign up and be a part of this amazing community, visit donate.kqed.org slash podcasts to become a member today. That's podcasts with an S. Thank you for listening, and thank you for your support. From KQED. Ready? Like many of you, I'm hunkering down at home with my kids home from school. Okay. All right, so we're going to have our our daily meeting, and let's do a check-in. Okay, let's see how everyone's feeling. Luckily, my partner's a teacher. And then we'll go to science, then we'll go to recess, and then we'll go to cooking, and then we'll... But let's be real. That system is starting to melt down, and there's a lot of fighting. Because I'm here with my brother. He beats me up all the time. We're trying to take walks, but we keep getting chased by these wild turkeys that live in the park near our house. Is he coming? There's one very aggressive one with the blue face. As the days go by, we're starting to feel the walls close in. Stop the teasing, now. I'm Sasha Coca, and this is the California Report magazine. On today's show, Californians from across the state share their stories about social distancing and sheltering in place. My family is lucky enough to be stuck at home in our single-family house. KQED editor Julia Scott lives in a condo building in Oakland that's got 119 units. It's 11 stories high. And almost everybody in the building is home together now. She started wondering how her neighbors are coping. So she put on some gloves and she rigged up her audio recorder with a long cord so she could interview them from a safe distance. I have a confession. I don't know most of my neighbors. I don't even know the names of everyone on my floor. I've been holed up for long days in my apartment, so I finally decided to safely venture out and say hello. My first thought was to visit Katie Stevenson. I worry about her constantly. She lives on my floor, and she's a second-year pediatrics resident at Kaiser Oakland Medical Center. Your eyes are like bloodshot. It's been a week. (laughs) It's definitely been a week. Katie has been on the pediatrics ward for the past three weeks. She sees children who have been admitted because their parents are afraid they might have COVID-19. As of this interview, none of her young patients have tested positive. And for those little kids, I mean, what is it like for them to see this masked person in a hazmat suit all day? It's scary. I have some stickers that my mom sent for St. Patrick's Day. They're all green. And so I have been bringing in stickers and putting them on my suit. (laughs) 
say, I'm the celery doctor, or I'm the big banana. <laughs> Welcome to our hospital. Katie's supervisor has told her group that they're running a marathon, and so far they've only run half a mile. They need to remember to pace themselves. Then on a Wednesday night, I got a text from my neighbor, Dina Mackin, on the third floor. Want to meet up on the roof to see the sunset? It read. This is such a great idea. Yeah, the beauty of just seeing something so simple that happens every single day um, that marks the passing of time, you just appreciate more and more. And this is a time to appreciate it. Yeah, there it goes, disappearing into the cloud bank above uh, Golden Gate Bridge. Yeah, this is one of the few things we're still able to do. It actually means so much to me that you um, you invited me up here. Oh, yay, I'm so glad to hear that. Hi to you. I would hug yeah. you, but I don't think I'm allowed. I know, I know. <laughs> My neighbor, Ernesto, has lived above me for five years. I got to know him in a new way this week. My name is Ernesto Victoria. I'm 71 years old. I was born in Hakona, Michoacan, Mexico, and raised in Oakland. Ernesto's a Vietnam vet and a lifelong social worker. He still works part-time at Chippewa College as an academic counselor, but that work has slowed down. A lot has changed in a week. Sitting down with a good book is difficult for me. I'd much rather be out riding my bike or swimming, um, walking, hiking. Now he mostly sits at home. All this uncertainty caused him to get out his computer the other day and start writing some memories of his childhood. Memories of some of my sibs, some of my earliest recollections. You know, it's like maybe there was this thought, you know, this, oh, if I die, you know, I, I want uh, my daughters to see this, blah, 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 or my sibs. <laughs> I was just feeling sentimental. I asked him to read me part of what he wrote that day. My oldest brother, Trino, took me to the movies when I was about four or five in the city of Hakona. I was happy when Ernesto accepted my offer to shop for him sometime soon. A lot of nice little things have happened in my building over the past week. Someone left a message on the bulletin board in the lobby, offering to help anyone who needs it. Another neighbor organized the entire seventh floor into a group text, so that when someone's leaving for a grocery run, they can take requests and minimize the number of trips from the building. I also got to know my neighbor Alexa Yurik after she reached out to me. Somehow, she's had to find a way to teach kindergarten and first grade from her apartment on the fourth floor. <gasps> what is that, Juju? Yeah, this page. Yay! <gasps> let me see it, let me see it. It looks juicy. And I like this page because you can, if you look really, really closely, then on their pants you can see, like, logos. Oh, yeah. Look Alexa at has 16 logo. kids in her yes. classroom. She manages to video chat with four of them each day, plus constant conferences with teachers and parents. And I know the best way we humans learn is through a relationship and not being with them physically when they're th at this developmental stage is very trying to the relationship. My last stop was to check in on Judy Rosenberg, my neighbor on the second floor who has a gorgeous concert piano in her living room. Judy's in her 70s. Uh, I have felt depression in my life, I've felt all sorts of emotions, but I don't get sad very much. But this 
this is a sad, this is a deep sadness. Thank goodness there's music. I feel a certain life force when I'm playing. When I sit down to play, there's something about that experience that makes me feel more alive in a way, and it is uh, a great gift. Would you consent to play something for me now? I can play a little something. I, I just make up things. Maybe you can play something inspired by, <clears throat> by coronavirus. Oh, God. <clears throat> All right. These are long days. Sometimes I forget to eat. I lose track of time. I get sad too. And I know the news will get scarier. But you know, I've met more neighbors in the past week than I've gotten to know in the last five years. I already feel better knowing I have so many people to talk to who are facing the same situation, the same questions as I am. We may all be behind our doors for now, but we really are in this together. For The California Report, I'm Julia Scott in Oakland. Social distancing has been strange. I spent <laughs> like 10 hours on FaceTime with two of my friends yesterday watching movies. That's a voicemail collected by radio producers Tina Antolini and Evan Roberts. They've started this new project to try to keep us connected as we hunker down. People call in and give us a little window into this peculiar time in all of our lives. I went out and bought, you know, like 10 pounds of sugar, which is so crazy because I'm a, I'm a food educator and I teach all about healthy food, so it just felt funny and ironic. But here we are with plenty of sugar and every day we're making something new. Spending all my time at home, I'm not going to gym, I'm knocking things over in my room, uh, which is what you're listening to right now. We made apple turnovers and banana bread and baklava. So I'm in the process of enjoying my apartment with my two dogs. I found a new workout buddy with a miniature pony since my husband Runs the farm in Sonoma. I started running with the miniature pony. Uh, his name is Wilbur. He was actually on the phone with one of my best friends, um, who I do talk to quite frequently. Um, but he was saying, you know, he was like, I have to get off the phone. This is like the, the fourth phone conversation I've had today. It's like a record for me, and I'm, I'm exhausted. And I said to him, you know, this quarantine is going to make an extrovert of you yet. You can't go anywhere without hearing something saying coronavirus yeah. or COVID-19. Like, I can't have any play dates with any of my friends. Like, all I can do is play online with them on video games like Call of Duty Mobile. Even if I see, like, one of my best friends on the street, I can't get closer than six feet. I don't like people in general, so I stay away from them. I never touch doorknobs. I never have. People are gross. If you're hot, that's different. Um, but you can't even touch the hot people anymore, so that's a problem. I live alone, so social distancing has been super lonely because I already sometimes get pretty lonely. And also the fact that I own a restaurant and 
In a matter of days, we are basically teetering on bankruptcy. I've been banned by my daughter from seeing her family, including grandchildren, and that seems so difficult. My experience with social distancing has really shaken me to the core. I want to give people hugs. I want to embrace people that I love, and uh, I, I don't feel like it's safe to do so. You know, we're all sort of hunkered down, but we may be more connected to people in our lives who are close to us, but maybe we don't see every day um, than we were before this. Today was the fourth or fifth person that I know, some of whom I haven't heard from in a while, call me and say, can I do something for you? Can I shop for you? What do you need? We did a virtual birthday party for my stepmom who had her 80th birthday. And we used Zoom, and we could see each other all on a grid, like Hollywood Squares. And we were all talking over each other. And my stepmother, Grandma, she couldn't even, <laughs> she couldn't ever get herself to show on the video because she couldn't figure it out. But we could hear her, and she could see all of us. And my dad um, brought her a cake, and she blew out the candles while we sang. And it was actually really sweet and lovely, and uh, it really made her weak. That's the sound of my kids playing bingo virtually with my parents in Los Angeles. They're using Zoom to call in from separate rooms because my parents are social distancing from each other in the same house. Not because anybody's sick, thank goodness, but because my mom's lungs are compromised and my dad just came back from South America and traveled through a bunch of airports. Uh, Mommy's upstairs. And with our bedroom and bathroom, and I'm downstairs with my bedroom and bathroom. We're fortunate we have two bathrooms. I have my food in my refrigerator outside in the garage. She has food in her refrigerator in the kitchen. Whenever we have to talk, we, we call each other on the phone. From the same house. What Papa didn't say is that I, of course, have to now do the dishes, which used to be his job. <laughs> so we're we're reallocating after 50 years of marriage. We're reallocating some of the, our household agreements. Sasha, I, I don't touch the dishes, but I'm in control of the TV controls. <laughs> My parents are in their mid-70s, and they're figuring out how to embrace this technology that comes with social distancing. All right, love you guys. Okay, love you. Suddenly, across California, our social lives have just become entirely virtual. So could we learn a thing or two from teenagers about how to adjust? Well, reporter Haley Gray checked in with California's virtual social experts, high school girls. Hi, I'm Uma Clemenso. I'm 17, and I'm a senior at El Segundo High School. How are you feeling? How are you doing today? Today was pretty boring. Like, I just did a bunch of homework, and I, like, took a nap. I fell asleep again. Yeah, I've been talking to my friends, like, mostly online. Like, we're setting up FaceTimes for, like, we're going to do face masks together. 
and just talk and stuff like that. Hi, my name is Ishala Arista. I'm 15 years old. I'm in ninth grade and I go to Oakland High School. What's your social media diet and what are you, what are the apps that you like? So I'm like kind of addicted as many people are to TikTok. Bro, what is this new filter? TikTok, for those at home, is a relatively new social media app. People, especially teens, post short videos of themselves, usually set to music or to a really short clip from a movie or TV show. The videos range from hilarious viral sensations to the utterly mundane. Here's one Uma posted of herself brushing her teeth. What it's like to live Rahma Sudarmaji is also a senior at El Segundo High School. She says some of her friends are posting how much time they've spent on their phone each day. For some, it's 12 hours. I think it's definitely TikTok. That takes so much time out of my day. Like, I can just watch so many. So probably TikTok and FaceTime. And then, like, Instagram. And Snapchat, too. Sending videos of herself to her close friends. Welcome to day nine, I think of quarantine and i am on a bike ride thankfully there's no one really on the streets so i won't have to um you know like purposely be six feet away from people but there's really nice talk so what do the rest of us have to learn from this so it's like really fun to like see what other people are up to too that actually made sense to me it's just nice to see your friends If you can't bump into them in the hallway like you used to, you can still kind of bump into them on your feed and just see that they're okay and maybe have a laugh. Maybe the rest of us can actually take a hint from teenage girls. My advice to the elders living through this pandemic crisis is to try to stay in as much contact with loved ones digitally. These everyday moments might not seem like they're worth sharing. But for these girls, it makes them feel less alone. Uma told me she FaceTimes with her friends even when they're not talking to each other. It's kind of like having a TV on in the background. It's just kind of white noise. But it's more than that, too, because there's a connection. So just like seeing other people, no matter what that means. She added that maybe parents can help their teens by, dare I say it, just letting them have the screen time. Let them connect with their friends because that's pretty much all they have right now. I want to introduce you to one more young adult. My name is Misha Hall. I go to Oakland Tech. I'm a junior. I asked Jermisha, what do you feel like you're missing when you can't see your friends in person? Um, physical contact. <laughs> I'm used to like being able to like hug them. She kind of reminded me that we probably all could use a hug right now, teens included, no matter how content they may seem glued to their phones. For the California Report Magazine, I'm Haley Gray. Lately, our intern Ariella Markowitz has been waking up to this song It's from a video game called Animal Crossing, and the latest version, which is called New Horizons, just came out last week. Like some other Californians stuck at home, Ariella is deeply obsessed with the game. 
Without getting out of bed, I chop some wood, maybe craft a fishing rod or a swinging bench. If I run out of materials, I fly to a deserted island and strip all of its natural resources. I'm not a 17th century European colonizer. I'm just playing Animal Crossing New Horizons. The premise of the game is a classic life simulation, except you live on an island inhabited by really cute animals. There's not really a goal to the game, you just slowly collect furniture and clothes and pay off your debt with a steady income of selling bugs and fish. Animal Crossing has been around since the mid-2000s, but it's so much more than a vessel for childhood nostalgia. Almost everyone I know in my generation is playing New Horizons. The premise has stayed the same, but the visuals and sounds have gotten more beautiful and real. I make my little human character run on the beach just to hear the sound of their feet on the waves. It's an escape from the uncertainty of a pandemic, from not being able to leave the house. It was like a lot nicer than real life in some ways. That's James Rasmussen, one of my best friends from college. We live just a few miles apart from each other and haven't seen each other since the lockdown. But we connect over our love for Animal Crossing. It's so peaceful to be able to like go and like take some time into this really like lighthearted world of like these little animals. And yeah, it's just been nice and chill, which I think we all need right now. In the past, Animal Crossing has gotten me through some really hard times. When I moved from Southern California to Western Massachusetts for college, I got intense seasonal depression. I'd stay inside my dorm for days at a time, playing a bootleg version of Animal Crossing, listening to the soothing sleigh bells of the winter soundtrack. I just go fishing for hours, selling my catch to the town's entrepreneurial raccoon, Tom Nook. So flash forward to now, using Animal Crossing as an escape feels like second nature. But sometimes, as James says, it stirs up some complicated emotions. There are moments where I'm like, this is getting eerie and like kind of spooky. How so? Like one of the villagers, like, gave me the, the hat I always wear, and I was, like, so struck by this, like, gesture. But it's, like, this, like, computer animal, you know? But it's, like, the fact that, like, this action in a game can, like, make you feel really, like, nice and, like, cared for. It does have, like, such a power to comfort you. And you can actually bring your real-life friends to your island, voice chat, even send each other presents. I think for me, like, the thing that was really striking... The time when you visited my island and we were literally just running around together and we like went by the cliff and we like watched the sunset and the game. When the sun goes down, the whole music and scenescape changes into a magical evening. This music plays. And I was like, damn, like I wish we could be doing this in real life, you know? Yeah, I miss being able to like be outside all the time with friends. <laughs> but for now, at least we have Animal Crossing. You know, you're not talking about coronavirus, you're just talking about Animal Crossing. And then maybe afterwards you kind of catch up a little. Yeah, it was raining in my town today. That's so beautiful, really. I'm probably going to be playing the game throughout the day, so. Yeah, same. 
I'll see you on there. Okay. For the California Report, I'm Ariella Markowitz in my village of Twinleaf or Long Beach, California. We've also been asking you, our listeners, to give us a call and let us know how COVID-19 has affected your lives. Hi, my name is Kim Peloso. I'm from San Bruno, California. This whole thing has kind of consumed all aspects of my life and my family's life. None of these things are health issues, so I am grateful, very grateful for that. Hi, uh, my name is Eliana Miranda Stone. I'm very grateful because I'm an accountant and I'm able to work from home. I miss my co-workers. I love the place that I work and um, my heart reaches out to the people that are not as fortunate as I am. Hi, I'm a federal responder deployed in support of California Office of Emergency Services in Sacramento. And the coronavirus has flipped work upside down. It's been long shifts, a lot of uncertainty, and it's heartwarming to see everyone doing their best for patients, for residents, and really putting our best foot forward. doing to find joy during this crazy time. For me, it's jumping on the trampoline in the backyard with my kids. For the California Report senior editor, Victoria Maleon, it's dancing in her driveway. So I'm standing outside my house. A bunch of my neighbors and I, we've all pulled our cars out of our driveways. We've all tuned to the same radio station and we're having a full-on dance party right now. We're standing at least six feet apart, dancing. KQED's immigration editor, Tyke Hendricks, followed the sound of bagpipes to find someone playing on the porch in her neighborhood. Our director this week, Amanda Font, is also a camp counselor with her hometown YMCA in Palm Desert. She attended a Zoom party with a bunch of kids who usually go to camp together. Ready? I went down to the river. I went down to the river. River. Arts reporter Chloe Veltman virtually attended a much quieter gathering. She went to a monthly poetry dinner that's been moved online. Six feet is out my bedroom window over the kumquat to the ivy bed, the rainbird sprinklers reach, the nose of the Oldsmobile to the rearview mirror is very high platform shoes and a mad hatter hat. And my kids, they've been recording songs for loved ones who live alone 
like their great grandma in Fresno. 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 So let us know how you're finding joy in these uncertain times. Give us a call at 415-830-6580. That's 415-830-6580. Or you can send us a voice memo from your phone. Just email it to us at calreportmag at kqed.org. You can also send us a picture if you like. That's calreportmag at kqed.org. And that's the California Report magazine for this week. We're a production of KQED Public Radio in San Francisco. Our team includes Victoria Maleone, Susie Racho, Amanda Font, Rob Spate, Katie McMurrin, and Ariella Markowitz. I'm Sasha Coca, signing off from my bedroom closet. Stay safe and stay home as much as you can. This is the California Report magazine. Your state your stories. Support for the California Report comes from the James Irvine Foundation, honoring the recipients of the 2020 James Irvine Foundation Leadership Awards. Learn more at irvine.org. Eric and Wendy Schmidt, whose Fund for Strategic Innovation supports transformative ideas that benefit humanity while protecting the natural world, recognizing through science the interdependence of all living systems, and the members of KQED Public Radio. Hi there, I'm Randa Dirfatah from Throughline. If you're listening to this podcast, you know that KQED produces exceptional storytelling that keeps you informed, inspired, and entertained. Their podcasts cover issues from your neighborhood to the entire country and everything in between. Support this work today. You can help us continue to bring quality podcasts to your ears. Just head to donate.kqed.org podcast. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcast.